Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me, every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Amy Newmark is the author, editor-in-chief, and publisher of Chicken Soup for the Soul book series, which is turning 30 this summer. And in honor of the 30th anniversary edition, which I actually contributed to a whole essay about owning a bookshop, she launched a new anthology. Formerly a Wall Street analyst, hedge fund manager, tech company executive, and public company board member, she found new purpose and passion at age 50 when she took over the iconic book series. Now, instead of dealing with fear and greed on Wall Street, she has a front row seat to a whole panoply of human emotions through the thousands of personal revealing stories she has published. 
Amy is a graduate of Harvard, where she majored in Portuguese and minored in French. She and her husband have four children and five grandchildren, and that's the best thing of all. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for coming back on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss your baby chicken soup for the soul, and congratulations on the 30th anniversary. This is so exciting. I know, 30 years. Can you believe it? And what I can't believe is I've been part of it for more than 15 years. I mean, it was almost 16 years ago that I started working on my Chicken Soup for the Soul project. And I think I've put out 195 new books in the last 15 years. I know it's insane. It's really insane. It's been like one book a month for all those years. I never thought I would still be doing it. I'm 66 years old and I'm still doing it. I know it's crazy, but you know, the books are so helpful to me personally and our whole staff feels that way. You know, first, I just wanted to ask you, I just wanted to thank you actually for your story for the 30th anniversary edition because we did put out that revised original Chicken Soup for the Soul with 30 new stories for the next 30 years. And your story was really great. And that book is really more about success and how you achieve success and how you build a business and stuff like that. And so your story about how your business came about was a really important part of that book. Because what I wanted to do with the book, with the 30 new stories, is put in 30 thought leaders from today, since the original book came out in 1993. So thank you for for being a part of that. Oh my gosh, I loved it. And you know, just having followed Chicken Soup for the Souls forever, right? I mean, I've been getting them, reading them, just to be in one is such a, it, it, it's so exciting. It's just like another one of these things where as a kid, I would have been like, no way, you'll never be in one of those. And now here it is. So thank you for the opportunity. And it was just so exciting to see it in there. Yeah. I mean, this series is so close to my heart and that's why I've been doing it for almost 16 years now. It has changed me so much. It's given me so many tools for like my life toolkit, if you want to call it that. So it hasn't really felt like a job that much over these 16 years. That's amazing. And one book a month. That's what I'm trying to do with our publishing company. And the thought that one day it would be 140 bucks. I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you do it? Like, how do you make sure each book, I want to talk about the toolkit and and your own personal relationship to it, but how do you make sure that all 140 books like get their moment in the sun and, and enough attention and love and all of that. Oh my gosh. So first of all, I choose the stories for each book. I have a team of readers who read the thousands of submissions for each book because, you know, the stories come in from the public. And then it they narrow it down to about a thousand single space pages of stories that I have to read. I know it's incredible. And then I pick the 101 story from those hundreds of stories. And then I have what I call my pre-editor. She goes through and makes the dialogue work and does all the normal grammar and stuff like that. And then I go through and do my work as editor. And some stories need very light editing. Some stories need massive editing. But I go in there and I, I give everybody the chicken soup for this old treatment. And then we published the book. And when we first started doing it, I was so excited. We'd get, we would get a sample of the cover beforehand and I would take the cover, which was flat, and I would fold it and I would stick it up on the bookshelf, you know, like, like a fake book. because so I was so excited. And now I'm so, so ho-hum about it. You know, oh, another case of books just arrived. But I have to say that as I'm working on each book, it's like my favorite, it's my baby. But then 
how do you promote them? Well, you know what it's like. You can get a book written, you can get it on store shelves, but you have to get it to leave the store shelves. And that's the really hard part. So I guess I take kind of a venture capital approach. I give every book a big try. But then if a book it just isn't clicking at the wrong time of year or I don't know, there was too much competition that week, whatever. It's kind of like a movie. It could be great, but it might still not get traction. If a book doesn't get traction, I just move on. If a book does get traction, then I really, I really keep going and keep promoting it. So we have some books that have sold, you know, 15,000 copies of books and then others that have sold, you know, a hundred or 200,000 copies. And who can predict really which ones will be the winners? I mean, I would say 15,000 is also a winner, but. <laughs> you know, it it is a winner like in the world of novels. But remember, we have very high costs for our books because we pay, it used to be $200. Now it's $250 for each story. So we're starting out with a $25,000 cost for a book. That's really, really high. You know that as a publisher. Well, I mean, you would have to pay in advance to an author if it was just one person. That's true. But for like an unknown, you might not pay that much. I don't know. I don't know your business, you know, because no, I've just... never published a novel. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes, you're starting out. Well, regardless of what format, whatever book there is, you're starting out with an expense to the author, an extent, expense to produce, and then the the challenge of finding the audience for it. But you yeah. have such an amazing brand that like anybody looking at any of your books feels that sense of trust. And that's because of all the work you've done to make sure that the quality is up to snuff and and that people get what they came for. Yeah. And I, I really try to pursue topics that are meaningful to me. For example, we've done two books on forgiveness. We've done a bunch of books about gratitude. We've done books about grieving. I mean, all these things that are so important in our lives, these things that we need to be good at in order to really be happy. I keep putting out books on those topics. So I'm trying to share this, this toolkit that I have found inside me from working on Chicken Soup for the Soul. I'm trying to share, share it through these various topics you know, with the public. And I think we've made a real difference to people. We hear that all the time in our fan mail. Totally. And I know that you've gone through your own sort of health challenges as you've been running this giant business, which also has you know, a TV film component to it. I mean, it's a multimedia thing that you've created here, which is amazing. Tell me a little bit more about that and, and sort of how, how you're using the tools and how you're feeling and, and all of that. So I was diagnosed with fallopian tube cancer. It's almost five years ago now. So I can't believe I've been doing this already for almost five years. And I went through surgery and then I went through chemo. But I have to say, when I was diagnosed, my first thought wasn't to feel sorry for myself. It was just to think, okay, it's my turn now to go through it. Because when you are exposed to tens of thousands of stories from people who are sharing you know, all of their personal traumas, their milestone moments, the ups and downs of their lives, it really puts things in perspective. So when my mother died, I thought, oh, it's just my turn. When I got cancer, it's just my turn. So I think I approached it with a better attitude. And I went through the surgery, then I went through chemo, and then I finished chemo. This was four years ago. And I said to the doctor, I'm having trouble with fear because the type of cancer that I have 
has an 80% chance of recurrence. So after you've gone through the surgery in the first you know, months of chemo, there's an 80% chance it's going to come back. And if it does come back, it can't be cured. It can just be managed. So she sent me to a psychiatrist at Sloan Kettering. So I went to the psychiatrist and she said, why are you here? Do you want drugs? I said, no, I don't want drugs. I didn't even take painkillers after the surgery. I took Tylenol, no drugs. I'm just here because of the fear. So then she started talking to me and she said, well, do you have unresolved issues with the people in your life? And so I said, no, in fact, my mother died two years ago and I didn't really have any unresolved issues with her, even though she had her ups and downs in terms of how she dealt with her children. I totally forgave her and understood what was behind her actions. And I talked a lot about forgiveness because I've learned so much about forgiveness from Chicken Soup for the Soul stories. So she said, well, I don't normally see people who are in such good shape in that regard. And I said, well, that's because of the job that I do. And then she said, well, what about gratitude? Do you feel that you are thankful for anything? And then I went on for 20 minutes (laughs) talking about all the things I was thankful for. My supportive husband, my amazing kids, the fact that my daughter was an OBGYN resident at that time, doing a lot of work in oncology. And she you know, had operated on patients with my kind of surgery and she knew everything about what what I had. And I mean, how lucky was that, that I had her to help guide me. And I talked about my job and how my job was still there for me, even though I was incapacitated for a while. And I talked about my very good health insurance and how I didn't have any financial worries that, you know, would be layered on top of worrying about cancer. And so I just talked about all of these things for 20 minutes, because we put out several books about gratitude and how powerful it is. And it's something I use all the time. I use it in my daily life. So anyway, we got to the end of our 50 minute hour, you know, the psychiatrist 50 minute hour. And she said, you don't have to ever come back. You're done. (laughs) You're, You're good to go. Like, oh my gosh, I passed the test one and done. But It's really true that I learned so much from these Chicken Soup for the Soul stories. And I think the most important thing is forgiveness. And I think that's the hardest thing for people to handle. And so we focus on that a lot. I mean, we have two books specifically about forgiveness, The Power of Forgiveness and then The Forgiveness Fix. But then forgiveness appears in a lot of our other books too, in stories, even though those books are ostensibly about other topics. So can we talk about forgiveness a little bit? Because I think this is like the best tool that I could give to your listeners. I would love to hear about forgiveness, but I also want to just go back for two seconds to the fear. So what did the doctor say about managing your fear and how did you end up dealing with that? Oh my goodness. Well, the doctor is not great about dealing with fear. For example, when I was going through the chemo, you know, she would always come in during the chemo appointment to talk to me because, you know, you're sitting there in that chair for hours hooked up. And (laughs) she came in one time and I said something about fear of recurrence. And she goes, well, 20% of patients don't have a recurrence. Like that was a happy thing. (laughs) And she walked out and I just burst into tears. And all these nurses came in you know, to help me. And they said, did she upset you? And I said, yes, she did. 
she said in her happy voice, 20% of patients don't have a recurrence. Well, it turned out, by the way, that two years after I finished that first round of chemo, I did have a recurrence. So I did go through chemo again in 2021. And now... I'm waiting for the verdict, but I'm pretty sure I'm going back on chemo in the next few months because there's this number they measure in your blood and the number in my blood is now up in the cancer zone instead of in the normal zone. Oh, and you know what? There's a nationwide shortage of the kind of chemo that works best on my cancer, but they tell me they have it and I shouldn't worry. (laughs) So I'm trying not to worry about that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sorry it came back. I'm so sorry. Well, my aunt had it. She had ovarian cancer, which is related to fallopian tube cancer. So it's possible there's a genetic component, even though they can't find it using current knowledge of genes. But she lived 14 years from her diagnosis. And that was when they didn't have some of the drugs that they have available today. So I'm hoping that I have something that they will be, quote, managing for a long time. You know, because I have five little grandchildren. So I, I want to be around for a long time to be with my children and my grandchildren and my husband. Ugh. I mean, in a way, not to minimize this, because of course the fear is in your face and you have to deal with it and make decisions and all that. But fear of death is something that we all, every single human being, shares in some way, shape, or form, right? We all have a terminal diagnosis. We just don't know when when it's coming. So how do we deal with that fear? And does forgiveness help in managing it? Is there some sort of resolution we all feel before it becomes our turn? Because essentially, not to be you know depressing about it, but it, I think acknowledging that death is just such a fact of life and you don't know if if it's going to be your cancer or you're going to walk out the door and get hit by a car or me too you know i could walk out the door here so we all none of us really know what do, what, what what are we supposed to do with that fear what does chicken soup for the soul say about that yeah cuz you're right i mean i mean i'm 5 years older than i was when i was first diagnosed and maybe i would be experiencing fear of death anyway right because at all around me everybody is getting cancer and all kinds of tragic stories are happening. People are getting Parkinson's and ALS and all these different diseases you know, in, my, in my circle of friends and relatives. Um, yeah, I, I guess I just have a little more specificity about the way in which I might die, but I am hoping it's, it's far, far off and that, yeah, that I'm just as likely to get hit by a truck as I am to die of this cancer. We'll go with that. But I think that one of I think that one of the things that I've learned from all these chicken soup for the soul stories is how to live in the moment. It's so important to just try to relax and enjoy every day. And I think I am enjoying all those everyday pleasures more than I used to because I'm really focused on them. And you know, every day that I get to sit at breakfast and do the New York Times spelling bee and wordle with my husband. Every day is a victory. That's one more day that we got to do that fun thing that we do over breakfast every morning. And so those just keep adding up. And seeing my grandchildren, those those experiences keep adding up. So I do try to just relax and dive into those everyday pleasures. And uh, I think that's what everybody has to do. So that's another thing I've learned from Chicken Soup for the Soul is how to live in the present. I love that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And go back now to forgiveness. And I hope, by the way, I was not in any way trying to say that we all have the same as you. I know you're going through, it's terrifying what you're going through. And I have, you know, a dear friend with breast cancer and, you know, it's very different than the average person, right? With, I'm I'm not, I was not trying to say that. I hope that was clear. I was just trying to to extrapolate it so that everybody could get something out of it. But of course, when you're coping with a disease that can be terminal, it's a total different ball of wax. So anyway. But you know what? When you have cancer, you just blame everything on cancer. So, (laughs) you know, I, you're right. I could definitely be fearing death even without cancer, but I, right now I blame cancer for my white hair, my wrinkles, my extra 10 pounds. It's all, it's all cancer's fault. Everything is cancer. (laughs) I remember when my aunt had it and she was like 78 years old and she couldn't really run up to the tennis ball anymore. And she blamed the cancer. And I was thinking you're 78, (laughs) you know, it might be, it might be that. (laughs) So talking about forgiveness. So there, well, first of all, did you know this? I did not know, even though I'm supposed to be a word person. Did you know that forgiveness doesn't mean that you are excusing someone's behavior or saying, oh, don't worry about it. It's really okay. That's not what the word forgiveness means. And the Mayo Clinic, I was looking up the definition of forgiveness the other day, and I came across the Mayo Clinic's definition. And it was just that forgiveness means that you are not reliving the emotions associated with whatever that bad thing was that happened, that insult, that hurt, that disappointment. That's what it means. It just means that you have decided to draw a line in the sand and you have decided that you are not going to let that person still live in your head Mm. and keep doing that thing to you over and over again. Yes, that thing happened, but it happened in the past and that's where it belongs and you're not supposed to bring it with you into the present or into your future. So you just have to say, I intellectually know that that thing happened, but I refuse to re-experience it emotionally. So that's what forgiveness is. And that's why you can do it all by yourself and you don't even have to tell the other person because you're just deciding, I will no longer experience the negative emotions that are associated with you or your actions. 
which is a very good way of looking at it. And there, there were a few stories about forgiveness in various of our books that really made a big impact on me. One was this woman who got divorced and then for the next few years kept talking about her ex-husband and everything he did wrong and all of her resentments about him. And she would tell everybody, even strangers, everybody would hear about her ex-husband. And finally, her best friend said to her, you might as well still be married to the guy. You take him with you wherever you go. (laughs) And that was such an epiphany for this woman. And she was like, oh my God, I can't believe that. I've divorced him and I kept him bugging me all, all this time. And it was all in my own head. He's moved on with his life. And I was sitting here stuck. And so instantly she shed him. She got him out of her brain and she was finally able to move forward with her life. And I thought that was a really important, you know, I thought that story was great. Another story we had about forgiveness, a woman was having trouble with her mother-in-law and her mother-in-law just kept doing all of these passive aggressive things. Like at a wedding, she didn't include her daughter-in-law in the family photos, which is pretty unbelievable. But It was her mother-in-law and she was stuck with her. So she needed to find a way to deal with it and not let this pile of resentments and hurts build and build and build and build. So she sat down at her computer one day and she started a list and it took her a few days to type up the whole list with many pages. And she wrote down everything that her mother-in-law had ever done to her on purpose or accidentally. And then once she had the list, she looked at each item She highlighted it, thought about it, and then she deleted it. She went through and deleted every single item on the list. And when she was done, she just felt so free. And she was able to then renew her relationship with her mother-in-law without carrying all that baggage with her. She made a fresh start. And again, it was something she did all by herself. Her mother-in-law didn't even know about it. But that's what these resentments and disappointments and hurts and everything are. I mean, I'd like to imagine you're wearing a cloak and you've sewn onto that cloak little pieces of metal and each one represents one of those disappointments or hurts. And now you're walking along, but you're dragging this heavy cloak behind you and it's clanking and there's all these pieces of metal sewed to it, each of which represents something you haven't been able to let go. And imagine if you could just shrug that cloak off and leave it behind you All those things are in your past. They're behind you. Now you move forward, liberated and free. And that's really what forgiveness does for you. And that's probably the most valuable thing I've learned from reading Chicken Soup for the Soul stories. Wow. Those are great actionable tips. So who who did you need to do this sort of mental cleansing forgiveness exercise on for yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Well. I would say I had two relatives, one friend and one business associate who all required this treatment. And yeah, and I took care of all of them without, of course, them even knowing about it. And and that was one of the things I talked about with that psychiatrist. And that was one of the things that impressed her so much about, you know, about my ability to handle life. So yeah, and the other thing And this is another thing that has come up in our Chicken Soup for the Soul stories. It's a tip about how you deal with toxic people when that's, you know, very much adjacent to forgiveness. So 
the biggest lesson I've learned, and I can't believe I didn't know this until I was in my 50s. I finally learned from reading one specific chicken soup for the soul story that you're allowed to basically weed the garden of your life. And you're actually allowed to remove people from your life. Now you can't remove relatives. All you can do is use a strategy where you don't let them bother you anymore, but you can remove so-called friends. So I have done that. You can remove toxic people from your life. Friends are optional. They're not mandatory. So if you have friends where you're saying, oh, I have to go have lunch with this person. I really don't want to. She's so negative. She's always passive aggressive with me. She's a narcissist. Whatever your, whatever your complaint is about this person, you don't have to go have lunch with that person. And if you don't want to just officially drop that person because it would be too obvious, you can just slowly, subtly take that person off your A list or your B list and demote her to your C list or your D list. And all of a sudden you're seeing her once a year, mm-hmm. not four times a year, but you can do that. You're allowed to remove toxic people from your life. So that was a very valuable lesson for me because I have enough going on in my life without letting toxic people into it as well. I love that. Yeah. I feel like that's one of those things that you have to get a little bit older to realize you have the option to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, yeah. like, I didn't realize that fully until I was maybe, I don't know, 40 or what? I don't know. I, maybe if I had heard it, or maybe you have to live it yourself or come to some sort of realization. I hope the people listening will just like take the advice and, and act on it no matter what their age is. You know, I hope, I hope, but I don't know, for me, I had to come to this realization and I think it had to do with how people responded to me throughout my divorce, you know, and how some people were surprisingly nice or surprisingly not nice, different people than I might have predicted and how I had to be like, yeah. I don't necessarily need to consider them a friend or I I don't know. Maybe something has to happen. Like you rethink your life or I don't know. But, but I do think that it it clears up a lot of time. And I was telling another friend, like who had a troublesome friend who I didn't even really know. And I'm like, you don't have to spend an hour on the phone with her every day. Like why get that time back? Why are you doing that? Like you don't, that's a choice you're making. So I don't know. Yeah, I didn't realize I could do it until I read a, a specific chicken soup for the soul story where there's what there's woman who had cancer because cancer just gives you a lot of clarity. When she got cancer, she got this person out of her life. And I think I was 50 years old when I read that story and it was like a light bulb went on. <laughs> so living with cancer now and living with the fear and uncertainty, not only of what might happen, but also of the intrusion of treatment constantly and the you know calendar. I remember when we were doing a podcast, this is like in 2021, I feel like when we were first getting to know each other, maybe you were like, well, I might be doing chemo in October. So why don't we do this in November? And, da, 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 da. and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like even just the having to put it as a matter of fact item in the, in the craziness of life, like how... How do you deal with all of that? You know, I went online and I found the interview I did with you in 2021. And I was on chemo at that time because I was on chemo at the beginning. Or maybe I was just about to go on chemo. Yeah, I might have been just about to go on chemo when we did that. Gee, (laughs) what does that mean now? (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm worried about having to go on chemo too soon because we have a three-week trip to the Amalfi Coast planned. It's one of those once-in-a-lifetime trips. I really want to go on this trip. And the first week of it involves heavy duty hiking. 
you know, and the Amalfi Coast is so hilly and I really want to do this hiking trip. I've been wanting to do this forever. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty worried about that, but I'm just going to have to work my way through it. And if, if I have to go on chemo and then go to Italy and be somewhat incapacitated, I'll just have to do lighter hikes, I guess. I mean, you just have to work around it. Oncologist said, you know, we can work around your trip. You could have a longer spacing between chemo treatments if necessary. So we'll see what happens. But on the other hand, I have to use my gratitude and think, how many people who have my cancer are also looking forward to a three-week trip to the Amalfi Coast, right? That's pretty good. That's good stuff. So that's the other thing that, you know, I've really learned a lot about from Chicken Soup for the Soul is the power of gratitude and of deliberately looking at all the good things in your life and and repeating them to yourself. Like maybe you write down three things every day you're grateful for. And at the end of the month, you have 90 things you've written down. Really helps you to focus every day on what's good in your life. And when I read all of these tens of thousands of stories that people have sent to us, and we would get stories from people who got flesh-eating disease and lost three of their four limbs. You know, there's people who have such hardship in their lives. Uh, so my little problems don't seem that important compared to theirs. Wow. Well, Amy, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your story, for being so such a warrior and such an amazing businesswoman and creative and contributor and inspiration. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me on. I really admire what you've been doing. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com